Well, church, um, today I'm, gonna, I'm going to move us into the second installment and the last part of a series that we started last week that we've been in just real quick that we've entitled Somebody's Somebody, because everybody needs somebody. Amen? We all need somebody. And what we've been learning in this series is that whenever there is someone, someone say someone, 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 someone. Whenever there is someone, whenever there's someone far from God, whenever there's, there's someone lost, whenever there's someone in need, whenever there's, whenever there's someone that God wants to reach, whenever there's someone he wants to help, whenever there's someone that God wants to disciple, whenever there's someone that God wants to encourage, whenever there's someone, someone say someone, whenever there's someone, God sends someone. When there's somebody that God wants to reach, the way that God reaches the somebody that he wants to reach is he sends somebody to reach the somebody he wants to reach. And if we're willing, church, we could be the somebody in somebody's life that makes all the difference. Uh, aren't you grateful for the somebodies that God sent in, in, in your, to you, like in your life? Like, are you, you, come on, I want you to think about your somebody right now. Like, who are the people that God has used to, to shape your life? Like, where would you be without them? Like, where would you be if God didn't send that friend at work, at school, that, that, that kept inviting you to church, that, that neighbor, that, that just kept loving on you no matter what you went through, that, that parent, that, that grandparent? Come on, thank you, God, for praying grandparents. That just keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Like the somebody's in our life. And that's how God intends for this thing to work. And what I want you to understand today is in our world all around us right now, there are people who, who need help and, and, and need hope. They, 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 man, they need Jesus all around us right now. And the way that God is going to reach those somebodies, he's going to send somebody. I, I want you to hear me. Listen, God sees somebody. God sees somebody at your place of employment. God sees somebody at your work. God sees somebody, somebody. Come on, God sees that family member. You know the one I'm talking about. Anyone know the one I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hand. You like to sit next to you in church today. Come on. God sees the somebody, right, that he wants to to work in, in the life of, like he sees the somebody in our city. And, and the question is never, does God see somebody? The question is never, does God want to work in the life of somebody? The answer is always yes. God always sees somebody. God always wants to. The question is this, is that would the church answer the call of God to be somebody to all the somebodies he sees? That's the question, friends. Let, let me break it down to you like this. Do you believe that God wants to work in our city? Anyone besides Pastor Trey believe that God wants to work in our city? Do you believe God wants to work in our city? Amen? Okay, okay, okay. Now watch. Do you believe that God wants to work in your state? Oh, Pastor Chris, it's California. Come on. You know. I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you. Like, there's a reason you're here. The reason we're here. God wants to work in our state. He wants to bring revival. So God wants to work, but the question is, is, how does God work his work? God works his work through God's people who are willing to work his work, to go to those who are in need and love on those who have lost hope. And God sends you and I to those that he wants to reach. That's his plan. But how many of you know that working against God's plan is another plan? There's another plan. And that's the plan of your flesh. 
That's the plan of your enemy. Come on, you know the flesh, it's the you before God got a hold of you, you, the, the, the old you, the flesh. The flesh, is, the flesh is, is, is what wants to keep you focused on you, thinking about you, that, that everything in life is all about you. You see, there's this gravitational pull in our lives, isn't there, towards self, towards self. Like, I just want to think about something. I walk in a room and it's me, 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 me. Uh, where are we going to go to lunch? Well, here's what I want to do. I, 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 me, 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 me. And there's this gravitational pull in ourselves toward self. But what we're discovering, friends, is if, that, if we are ever going to be somebody to somebody, we've got to get past this somebody and put our lives in the lives of those somebodies. You see, I've got to escape, you following me, this gravitational pull toward myself. And that is what Jesus is confronting in the story that we've read together that we know as the Good Samaritan. And here's what it tells us in the book, book of Luke, chapter 10, starting in verse 25. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up to test him and said to Jesus, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, he says, well, what is written in the law? What is your understanding of it? And he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You shall love him with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says to the man, well, you have answered rightly. You've answered rightly. In other words, listen, the Jews of that day understood that the, the whole law, that the law and the prophets can all be boiled down to these two commandments, was to love God. Some say love God and to love others. Some say love others. Okay, so they understood that. And so he quotes back to Jesus this, this understanding that they had is that in order to do all that God's calling us to do. We just do these two, and it covers all the rest. And so they knew it, so he says that to Jesus. He goes, and Jesus goes, you answered, you said the right thing. Like, good job, you paid attention in church. Good job, you, you've read your Bible, you boiled it down to the right things. You said the right thing. And I think when Jesus said this next sentence, like, there was this power that was gonna knock him back. He said, you said the right thing, now do it. And I don't know that Jesus was all aggressive and angry like I am right now. Sorry. He says, do it. Sorry, I get a little passionate. I'll try to. Don't just say love. Do love. Come on, don't just, don't just, don't just say you're going to love your neighbor. Go love your neighbor. Well, then the, it tells us that the, the religious ruler, I think he was taken back by that and just kind of, you almost hear the crowd go, ooh. And so the lawyer goes, well, Jesus, who's my neighbor? Seeking to justify himself, he says, Jesus, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells the story. What is he doing in the story? He's helping you to understand what it looks like to love on the people God has called you to love on. He's helping you to understand what it looks like to be somebody to somebody. He's, he's helping you to understand what we're, what we're after when we say, do love, love a neighbor, this guy's going, I'm justifying myself. And why is he justifying himself? Because he gave in to the gravitational pull, right, toward himself. So Jesus is pushing him. Here's what it looks like. And so he tells the story. Pay attention to the story. Jesus says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst thieves. And he was stripped of his clothing and wounded. And he was, they departed from him, and they left him half dead. He's coming down from Jericho to Jerusalem. Like, he's going through the hood. And everyone knew, you go through the hood, you're probably going to get jumped when you go through the hood, right? Everyone knew this spot. Like, don't park there, Jesus. They will take your rims, okay? Like, don't. 
So everyone knew he was gonna be in trouble. So Jesus paints a picture, this guy gets in trouble. Now it tells us, he's, listen, he's bleeding out and he's left for dead on the side of the road. I think right now there are people all around your world that God sees. He sees the somebodies who are bleeding out and left for dead on the side of the road. And it's all around us every day, at work, at school, in line. Your barista might put on that face and look like everything's okay on the outside. But on the inside, there's a chance that they could be bleeding out. There are people wrestling with things that you have no idea of all around you every day. And here's this person that's been beat up and left for dead. And then it tells us, Jesus says, a certain man's coming down, he's left half dead. Verse 31 says, now by chance, a certain priest came by. And you think, it's so good, a pastor's in town, he's gonna help him out? Nope. Tells us the priest comes by and he passed by on the other side. Says a Levite came to the same place. Okay, the pastor's busy, maybe the assistant pastor's gonna step in, but it tells us that that Levite sees the man. He said, it says that he saw him. Some say he saw him. He saw the man. But although he saw the man, he didn't see the man. He saw the man, but he didn't pay attention to the man. He saw the man, and it tells us that even the Levite walks by on the other side. But then it says this. But a certain Samaritan, when he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, everyone saw him, but when he saw him, something different happened in the life of the Samaritan that needs to happen inside of you and I. It says, when he saw him, he had compassion. Someone say compassion. He had compassion on him. And watch what that compassion did. Because he had compassion, he went to him. I know I'm getting you to say a lot of things, but I need you to say, say he went to him. He went to him. He went to him. He went to him. Because he had compassion, it says, he went to him bandaged up his wounds, poured on oil and wine and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, when he departed, he took two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper and he said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. Jesus asked, so which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? Which of these three do you think was a loving in the way that we're called to love? Which of these three do you think is doing love instead of just talking about love? Which of these three is living after the heart of God as he's intended it to be lived after? And the man answers and says, well, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus then says again, go and do likewise, likewise. Jesus introduces us to this, this concept, this, this powerful thing called compassion. And what compassion does in the story that Jesus is telling is he's trying to help us understand compassion. What compassion does is it becomes a force greater than the force of gravity in your life that's pulling you towards self. It becomes a force greater than the force of gravity to help you lift off past self to actually get, in get, in, get involved in the lives of people. It's compassion. And church, if we are ever going to be somebody to the somebodies that need somebody, we have got to learn to be compassionate people. We've got to learn compassion because it's in compassion that we do love. And so we've been learning about compassion. How do we get past this gravitational pull? How do we make a difference in our city? How do we become a part of the work that God wants to do in our cities? Listen, it's, it's in compassion. And, and we learn that compassion, man, it helps us see different. Like, I see past me. I see past me. Remember the, the priest? The priest is so busy, occupied with his own agenda. The Levites are occupied with his own agenda. But the, 
The Samaritan had compassion. He was able to see past himself. He's able to stand in line at Starbucks, order his drink, and not just see that person as somebody who's doing something for me. I'm seeing that person as somebody who might need something from me. See, I, I, I can see different. I walk in a room and I realize there's more than going on always more than going on than meets the eye. When I walk into work, there's more going on than meets the eye, and I'm going to learn to see different. I'm going to know stories. We talked about this last week. But here's what I want you to see this week, is that compassion just doesn't see different. It, it does different. It do different. Because it says that when the, get this, when the Samaritan saw the man, I may just say it, but say it again. Say, he went to him. He went to him. He saw him and went to him. He saw him and he was so moved with compassion that he said, I got I, I to gotta get involved in this. I, I'm going to help out here. I'm, I'm going I'm to go there. And, and here's what compassion is always going to do. If we're going to get past the gravitational pull toward ourselves and be a part of what God is about to do in our city, you know, we got to learn compassion. And compassion is going to move us to go. Someone say, go. It's going to move me to go. Samaritan went to him. He went to the broken. He went to the hurting. You know, I, church, we, if we're going to live in compassion, we got to go to the hurting. We, we got to get to the places where God needs some people. We, okay, let me say it to you like this. I think a lot of times we, when we hear about, we talk about church, we talk about, where, where do you go to church? Where do you go to church? So, you go to citizens? I, I, didn't, I didn't know you go to citizens. I go to citizens. You, you must go to, you're a first service citizen. I'm the, I'm the rowdy second service citizens. Like, you, you go to, I go to citizens. And I get it. We talk about it all the time. Like, where, we meet, where do you go to church? Where do you, where do you go to church? Where do you go to church? But listen, I, I want to help you. I understand, but let me help you in, in, in your vernacular. Like, citizens church is not just a place we go to. Let me help you. Like, I don't just go to citizens. Citizens church is a people that we go with to. Watch. I don't just go to citizens. No, this is a group of people. Citizens is a group of people that go out to, that I go with to the broken and the hurting and the lost and the confused and the frustrated. So I don't just go to church. I go with people from church out to the world. Friends, listen. Church was never meant to be, the health of a church is never meant to be measured by how well we gather and we gather well. Come on, citizens. You look good this morning. Man, how about that worship this morning? The word's doing okay so far, right? You know, I got, got my worship, got my word. You know, we went to church and we gather well. I think we're, we, we gather like the best of them, everybody. We gather well. But the health of a church is not measured in how well it gathers. It's measured in how well it scatters. When we go from here. Come on, are you with me at church? So, let me... I keep digging. I, I just say it like this. It's, we could say it was a, it was a good, good worship this week and it's a good word this week and all that's great. But if coming here on the weekend doesn't move us to go out there and make a difference on the weekday, then I think we missed it. If coming here on Sunday doesn't change the way I, I think about my Monday, then I think we've missed it. You see, God's desire is for the church not just to 
gather well, but to scatter well. That we are a people who say, God, we'll go. God, we'll come, but we'll also go. Go where? Go to where the need is. Go to where the hurt is. Go to where the mess is. Go to, go to where the people are. Go to where, go to where people need people. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. You serve a God who's on the move. You serve a Jesus who's willing to go. Think about this. Jesus, it tells us, went from heaven to earth. Think about the dramatic change in heaven to earth. You think it's hard to go to work. <laughs> Jesus is like, you have no idea. I was in heaven. Heaven. I don't care how good you think your home life is. It's not heaven. I don't know how good, how good you think you got. It's not heaven. Jesus went from heaven to earth. Why? Because that's where the need was. That's where the mess was. That's where the brokenness was. That's where the hurting people were. That's, that's, where, that's where humanity was. Do you understand? Jesus could have said, you know what? They messed it up. They, you did it. Now you're going to live in it. You, you made that mess. Now you're going to live in it. I mean, Jesus had all the right in the world just to be like, well, I tried. I, I tried to give you Eden. You blew it. And he could have. He had all right in the world to just be like, I'm not getting involved in that. But what did Jesus do? Because he's moved with love. Literally, scripture says that in this is love. Not that we love God, that he loved us and sent his son. What does love look like? It looks like him going, oh, man, there's a mess. I'm going to go to it. I'm going to get involved in it. That Samaritan, just the same thing. Bleeding, hurting, broken. I'm there. Let's go. And Jesus went from heaven to earth. He went to the mess. He was born in a manger, everybody. Look, you ever think about that? Like, Jesus could be born anywhere he wants to be born. He's Jesus. Like, pick a spot. Like, just like a palace. Just pick a medium, like a a nice hotel. Just a a medium one will do, Jesus. Just anything. Jesus goes, nah, give me a manger. Why a manger? Jesus, the manger stinks. The manger's messy. The manger's, the manger's got issues. The manger, Jesus goes, here, I want to make a statement. I want the world to forever remember that I'm not afraid of the mess. I'll go to the mess. I'll get involved in the mess. I'll be born in the mess. I'll show up to the mess. I'm, I'm going to go to where the mess is, you see? And here's the thing. Like, we thank God for that. But if we're going to say, I follow Jesus, guess where Jesus is going? To the mess. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, like, Jesus, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. I just don't want to go across the street and talk to my neighbor. <laughs> Jesus, I will just send me anywhere. School? Oh, Lord, I don't want to tell people about this. Can I go? Jesus, like, where do you want to go? Where do you want? God, are you serious? My extended family? Talk about a mess. Jesus, because that's where I go. And if we're going to claim, come on, help me out. How many of you follow Jesus today? Come on, let me see your hand. I follow Jesus today. I could tell you where he's leading you, to the mess. That's where he always goes. You see, the Samaritan saw the hurt, saw the mess, saw the need, and went to the need. And compassion, if we're going to do this well, and we are, church, we're going to make a difference in our city and a difference in our state. We're going to make a difference in our nation, and we're not going to do it by just gathering well. We're going to go well. It's a great commission. Go, go, go. Like, get up from where you are and go. 
into all the world. The world there, you want to break it down in the Greek, God rejecting sea of humanity. All of those who are, who are running from God, wrestling with whatever they're wrestling with, all those who are cursing God, all those that, that the church sometimes wants to get on and blog about and talk about and label and, and, and criticize. And Jesus said, you could criticize and run from, I'm going to them. Okay, you with me? So we're gonna go, we gotta... Anyone who's ever gonna be somebody to somebody is gonna need to do the same thing Jesus does. And I think, I'm just gonna hit on this for a second. because I do need to move on, but I, I wanna put this inside of us as a church because I think sometimes we go, we have this wrestle where we go, well, hold up, hold up, Chris, like, Pastor Chris, wait. We're called to be separate from the world, right? We're called to be separate from, from, from the world, set apart from the world. Yes, 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 yes. But the calling, that calling is not meant to isolate you from the world. That calling is there so that you actually have something to offer the world when you show up to the world. So to be separate from the world doesn't mean don't talk to the world and don't, don't do, it means, hey, don't act like the world. It means when you show up to the world, don't give the world more of the world. It means when you show up to the world, give the world Jesus. Give the world a life that's in pursuit of him. It's not that I'm perfect, but I know the one who is perfect. And so, yes, be set apart. Be set apart. Not isolated so far from the world that you actually don't have touch with the world. Because you're sent into the world. Go into all the worlds. That makes sense. I, I just need to understand it. Because if you're not careful, you'll get this wrong. And it happens all the time. I want to guard it in our heart as a church. It happens all the time. Is that churches can sometimes, because as individuals, we sometimes, we sometimes start isolating ourselves from the very people that God has called us to reach. And you end up cutting off communication, right? You cut off, you tell yourself, I can't go to lunch with the, with the work gang because you know what they talk about at lunch? Do you know what they say? Do you know what they believe? I don't know if I can go there. Well, friends, if you don't go there, who's going to go there? Like, if you're not there, who is there? Just the blind leading the blind? And it's not that you show up and have all the answers. It's that you show up to a bunch of people who are hungry beggars, and you're just like, hey, I, I excuse me, just happened to find some bread. And if we're not careful, we, we let the world just continue to live in this broken, hurting place. And we tell us, I, I can't go to lunch. I can't do that. I can't, I got to isolate there. And oh, you know, family, I got family members. They believe things a little bit different than me. They, they voted different than me. They, they talk different than me. They, they, and, and I got to, I got to, I got to put down some, I got to put down some, draw some lines in the sand. I can't talk to you anymore. I, I can't. And you're cutting off communication with the very people that Jesus has called you to reach. And we gotta be so careful. I mean, I get it. We can set boundaries up. But here's the thing. I'm gonna let you know what I believe. I'm gonna let you know how I stand on this issue. But I'm also gonna let you know I love you in the middle of all of it. I'm gonna say it all with a smile. Not, I can't believe it. If you don't talk to me, don't, I'm not answer your phone calls. No, you answer their phone calls. And you love on them, you love on them, you love on them. Jesus Christ came to this planet. It says, filled with grace and truth. Some of us get so caught up in truth, 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 truth. 
And you're just shoving truth down their throat. You might need to start offering some grace as well. Because Jesus came full of grace and truth. You see, it's both, it's both, it's both. And if we're not careful, friends, we, we isolate ourselves from the very people have, that God's called us to reach. If we're not careful, we live lives, we live our, our lives dying to get away from the very people that Jesus died to reach. We tell ourselves, I'm, I'm not going to go to those people because they got that issue and that person's got those issues. And I'm going to, if you're still on Facebook, going to sit and, and write posts about how bad they are. And I can't believe it. Did you see what so-and-so did? And blah, blah, blah. And, and God's going, ah, church, I died for that person. How about we find a way to love on them, to go to them, to go to them. I'm telling you, church, the commission is clear. Go. Someone say go. Go. Go into it. All the world. All the world. So some of you in here today, God's going to say, oh, we're going to leave here today after church, and uh, you're going to go. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to work on Monday. Anyone got work waiting for you on Monday? Come on, yeah, work waiting on Monday, right? So you get, some of you are going to go into construction. Some of you are going to go into medical fields. Some of you are going to go into marketing. Some of you are going to go into, into teaching. God's going to send you. You're going to go. And when you get to where you are called to go, you're going to see them. You know who I'm talking about, right? Them. Anyone know the them I'm talking about? You're going you're gonna to go. Thanksgiving's coming. You're going to go to Thanksgiving, and you're going to see them. Because you're called to go, you're called to go to them, and you're going you're gonna to see them. And you know what's going to happen? When you see them this time, you're not just going to walk by them. You're going to go to them because you're called to them. You're sent to them. You might be the somebody that they need because now for the first time, you're actually going to slow down enough to love on them and be there for them and care for them the way that Jesus has called us to care for them. Someone say, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Compassion moves us to go. But I want you to see this. You're already thinking, gosh, that's a little tough. Buckle up. Because he says this, watch. He went to him. And then when he got to him, did you see what he did when he got to him? Samaritan is a journey where he was. He, he saw him. He had compassion on him. He went to him. It says he bound up his wounds. He poured on him oil and wine. He sat him on his own animal and brought him to an inn to take care of him. It tells us that when he got there on the next day, when he woke up, he gave him two denarii and he said, hey, what, whatever else this gentleman needs, put it on, on my tab. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fit the bill. You see, I'm not just going to care for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bankroll the whole ministry until this person's made whole. I'm going to bleed out and, and I'm going to give of my life until they're well. Listen, he didn't just go. Compassion doesn't just go. Compassion gives. It costs you something. And you just need to know that up front, church. Like we can't in one breath say, we're gonna change the world and we're gonna make a difference in our city and in another breath say, is it free? And in another breath say, well, I don't wanna have to, I don't have to sacrifice. And in another breath say, well, can I just stay comfortable? And in another breath say, right? Because compassion understands that it's gonna cost something. He put him on his, 
own animal, poured on him his own oil, his own wine. Like, like he's paying for the, the, the inn out of his own pocket. And, and the one who made the difference was not the priest that passed by on the side, wasn't the Levite that passed by on the other side. It was the man that extended himself to the one who was in need. It was the one who allowed compassion to move him to sacrifice himself for the people that he loved. And that's what compassion does. The Samaritan gets him to an end, banks rolls the whole ministry of recovery for the one who needed it from start to finish. He he takes a broken man. This is what compassion does. Takes a broken person and gives sacrificially for that person until they are made whole. It's compassion. He doesn't just say, hey man, love you. He does love. He invests love. Okay, so I'm going to make it practical. Compassion's going to cost you something, church. God's going to use you to change the life of others. And, and it might cost you, listen, it might cost you, it might cost you patience. <laughs> anyone, got them, anyone got some people that just kind of try your patience, right? Like I said, it's trying my patience. Well, listen, if you're going to make a change in the life of that person, it might cost you patience. I've already given them patience. It might cost you more patience. You know, the Bible says this, suffer long with one another. What does that mean? It's exactly what it says. Keep suffering. They cause you to suffer. Keep suffering. Suffer how, how long? Long. Just long. That's what scripture says. Suffer long with one another. So some of you, it might cost, it might cost uh, patience. For others of you, it might cost, but you might have to pay with humility. Like remaining in a lower place so you could lift them up. Instead of coming in a room and stepping on everybody around you because you think you know all the answers and you're, it's like you're just going to come in humble for the, like just be, just change the, change the tone in the room. Like it might cost you patience. It might cost you humility. It might cost you, oh, come on. It might cost you, it'll be a hard one, ready? Self-control. I got some things I want to say. It's gonna, I'm going to pay self-control today. I want to speak my mind. Please don't. Practice, so it's a fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, peace. Come on, self-control. And so it might cost me, it might, but I'm willing to pay. Why? Because they need, they're in need. And if I'm ever gonna be the one to meet their need, to be the somebody for the somebody, I've gotta be willing to pay whatever I gotta pay. Like I, I gotta be willing to say, oh, bankroll the ministry. What's it gonna cost me? It, it, it might cost you forgiveness. Oh, come on, some of you, you've gotta be willing to forgive. But if already forgiven, forgive again. What? Yeah, Peter, Jesus, how long, how many times should I forgive somebody who messes up? I'll get a big number. Let's see. Seven? He thought he impressed Jesus. Jesus goes, no, 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 you're not even in the right, you're not even using the right math. Seven times seven, Peter. Peter's trying to add it up. He goes, stop it, stop adding it up. It's just, you gotta sometimes pay with, with forgiveness, you see, because if you're ever gonna reach people, my God, give me the ability to just to keep forgiving. How? Because I remember you forgave me. And so now, God, come on. I'm going to be a part of the redemption story, and I'm going to keep offering forgiveness. It might cost you your finances. It might cost you your time. You ever shy away from helping somebody because it's going to take time? It always takes time. I don't got time. But if we're going to be a part of changing somebody's life, we're going to need to find some time. See, we give, we give, we give, we give. It it might cost you. Let me give you one more. it might cost you your comfort. Matter of fact, I'll promise you it. Here's my promise to you. It will cost you your comfort. 
to be somebody to somebody, to, to, to live a life of compassion. And, and I'm telling you, there's nothing better than, than being a person who's got a wake of lives changed behind you. There's nothing better than being a part of somebody's story. But if you're going to get there, it's going to cost you getting a little uncomfortable because you have this thing called a comfort zone. I love it here. I, I've got my world. And God says, I want you to go there. And you're like, God, I don't. That's beyond. Here's my God. Here's the line I drew. Remember the line I drew? Of, of where my patience runs out and where my forgiveness runs out and where, and where my, my time invested in a life runs out. God, here's my line. God says, listen, you need to understand this. Ministry and life change and, and cities that, that discover revival and it's always on this other side of, of your comfort zone. Ministry is always on the, gosh, I wish I had an hour and a half to preach to you. Listen, Jesus goes to Samaria because there's a woman at a well at Samaria. Do you know that the disciples were so uncomfortable? Like, I don't, we don't go to Samaria. That's right next to where this guy just got jumped. We don't go there. Jesus said, you will today. Why? Because I'm going to teach you to get out of your comfort zone so you can reach, on some, reach some people. There's a woman there. Jesus said, there's a woman at a well. I got I to go, and you're going to go with me. I got to go. When I get there, we're going to give. You know, John uh, Tatum's dad. How many of you know John? Come on, how many? Come on, you know John. You love John. Anyone? Oh, come on, we just made him feel so good today. John, we love you. I love you. Uh, John is one of the most compassionate people I know. I mean, I won't brag on him too much, but because he'd be embarrassed if I did. But there, that guy's doing more for more people than you could ever imagine. Just compassionate, just behind the scenes loving on people. Well, one time we were out at Tate and I's. Uh, home in Orange County, and John is like a cyclist. He wants to go out cycling, so we got, we got mountain bike riding and out in his trails, and we're on our way back, and we're climbing up this hill, and I'm telling myself, I just want to get home. I just want to get home. I just want to get some water. I just want to sit on my couch, and I'm, I'm clipped on my bike, and I'm going up this hill. I, was, I think I can. I think I can. I get all the way up, and I get to the top. I'm wiped out. I'm so tired. I pull over. I clip out, and I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, just, it's like just just got to get home. I'm almost, I could literally see my house. It's not far, not far. We're almost there, John. We're almost there. And there's this older man that's been following up, up the trail. And he gets to the top of the, of the trail. And out of the corner of my mind, of my eyes, I saw him. Someone said he saw him. I saw, I saw him. I saw him fall over. He's just, just so tired. And, so, and you know, if you've ever seen anyone do this, or you've done this yourself. When you're clipped in and you just don't have the strength, pull out those clips, Boom. He fell over. Now, I saw him, and I just didn't want to let myself see him because <laughs> I got to get home. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I just want to lay on my couch and just, just soar everywhere. So I saw him. I didn't see him, but Mr. Compassion saw him in a different way than I saw him. John was willing to see him, and John went running to him. He went to him, just like the Samaritan. He went to him. And you know what John started to do? John started to give. John, John just, John, John helped him. John's grabbing his feet and getting him out of his clips and he's helping him back on. I'm still here going, oh, John, we gotta just get home. It's like, what are you? And John's helping him back up, and he's the guy's got scraped knees and they're bleeding. And, and then John, watch what he does. John starts offering to this man 
everything. John said, what do you need? What do you need? He's like, I'm just lost. We'll get you directions. We'll get you. Chris, and now I'm getting bossed around. Chris, get, a, get him directions. Chris, you got to get, get out your phone, get him directions. And John goes, you know what? Actually, never mind. I'm, I, I'm going too slow for John. John goes, I'm going I'm to give you a ride. We're going to get you home. Where's your home? Where do you live? I'm going to help you get you home. And John starts offering, what do you need? You need water? You need water? Like, John, we don't got water. John's like, you got water at your house. Go get him some water. John, listen, listen, John, this is compassion. Compassion says, I'm going to show up and offer to you everything I've got. Like, I'm all in with everything I've got. And John is so compassionate, he was in with everything that I had. John's offering to him what he had and what anyone else in his world had. We're going to get you taken care of. And that's what compassion does. It just says, I'm here and I'm going to help. You're not going to shake me. John's exchanging phone numbers. You need any other help? You need someone to ride with next week. You need, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And I think, friends, listen, there are people all around us right now who've been clipped in and fell over. They're bleeding out. And God's just looking for some people who are willing to see people and have compassion enough to help people, to go and to give to go and just to love on those that God has put in our world to love on. It might cost you something. And you, like the Samaritan, are going to have to give something. But I want you to see this as the worship team comes up. Is it's not just that you're called to be like the Samaritan. You're also called to be like the inn. Let me explain that to you. See, the, the Samaritan gave, but the inn gave in a different way. See, you're called to be like the inn because the inn, watch, the inn understood that the resource wasn't even their resource. The inn gave understanding that, the, that it was his resource and that their job was to do with his resource what he wanted them to do with his resource. See, the resource wasn't theirs. It was the Good Samaritans. And their job was like, I'm just going to do with his resource what he called me to do with his resource. What he called me to do? Take care of the man. Take care of the man. And you see, I think we are called by God to be like the Samaritan and give, but we're also called to be like the inn and give in this way, where you realize that what you've been given to give isn't even yours in the first place. Come on. God, I don't got enough time. Well, it's not your time. God, I don't, I don't got enough patience. Well, thank you, God, that there's a way that you could actually live in a patience that's not your patience. Have you ever had a peace and go, that's not my peace, that's God's peace? And God says, I want you to give not out of what you got, but out of what I got. You see, you're not just the Samaritan, you're the inn. I'm going to give you, church, everything you need to do all I've called you to do in the city I've put you in, in the workplace I put you in, in the school I put you in. And as you go to give, you give out of his resource. How do you, I just touched on it, how do you forgive? I can't forgive. Of course you can't if it's limited to your resource. But if your forgiveness is based on his forgiveness, then I, I forgive all day long because it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. I go and I give. I go and I give. And what I go and what I give, it's the gospel. I need to land on this because the issue we are facing is not just an issue of somebody needing another meal. 
It's somebody needing their eternity changed. It's somebody needing the gospel, be, that needing, needing Jesus. And so we will go and we will give, but what we ultimately go to give is Jesus. We go and we give the gospel, you see, because eternity is at stake. What's that quote again? Oh yeah, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. I like that quote. I'm gonna challenge that quote. Because I think we tell ourselves that quote because just preach the gospel always, if necessary, use words. Oh, I don't necessarily have to use words. Like, I, I, I don't know that I need to. I don't know that I need to. Be careful, friends. Because what people need is to hear about Jesus. They need to hear the gospel. They, they need to come to know him. And, and I think we, we want to tell ourselves, I'm just going to do good things. Go do good things. Listen, everybody. Buy coffee for your office. Bring bagels. Do it. You need to do it. You need to do it. But let me challenge you with this. There needs to come a point where they realize that you're not just a happy person that likes to buy bagels and coffee. They need to realize that you're loving on them because you're in love with God. They need to realize that there's something different about you. They need to realize that there's a hope inside of you. They need to realize that you're one of them Jesus freaks. They need to realize that you're one of them church goers. They need to realize that, that you're one of these people that, that, that when you get the chance, you're just going to keep pointing people to Jesus. See, I'm not just a nice guy that buys you coffee. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy buying you coffee that's in love with God. And I'm loving on you because I'm in love with him. You see, there's, there's, there's more attached to this than me just doing good works. There's an eternity at stake. Oh, but saying something might be, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Like, if I say something, they might label me. They might, they might get offended. Nobody's going to be offended if I buy coffee and bagels. But if I say something, they're going to be offended. Hear me, friends. We should and we will build bridges all day long. But at some point, we've got to drive the gospel across those bridges. Because bridges don't save people. Jesus does. And we will build bridges, but we're going to bring them Jesus. We will build bridges, but we're going to give them gospel in Jesus' name. We'll build bridges, but we're going to bring them across those bridges back into their loving Savior's arm and have the eternities change. See, we'll build bridges for the sake of the gospel. So here's my challenge to us. We're entering the holiday season. Yep, everybody's here. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Christmas is around the corner. So here's what we're going to do, church. We're going to go be somebody to somebody's. Come on, as I've been taught this whole series, you've been thinking about somebody. You're thinking about that somebody because God's calling you. I'm telling you right now, he's calling you to be the somebody to that somebody. So, we're gonna do it with eternity in mind. And here's how I want to challenge you in this holiday season. Come on, you ready? It's my challenge. I want you to write down the challenge. Start praying. Once you start praying for your somebodies, who are the people that you, you need to be praying for, pick two to three. Two to three people. I'm going to pray for my somebodies. You know, God uses prayer. He really does. God, God will, as you pray, start to align your heart with his heart. So you're going to pray for your somebodies. One. Two, if you haven't done this yet, you're going to let them know you're a Christian. I think there's so many closet Christians. We show up to work. We're doing nice things. We're doing good, good things. And we just, you know, not that we're perfect, but man, we're, we're trying. But can I just tell you? I, I would like to invite you to cross the threshold where now you just let your light shine. You let them know that you are a Christian, that you are a Jesus follower. Not that you're perfect, not that you got it all together, but you know the one who is perfect and does have it all together, okay? 
I think we just got to cross that, that, that threshold. Let people know, come on, that we're walking with Jesus. Here's the third thing I want to challenge you to do. Every single one of us, between now and the end of this year, you're going to share your testimony with somebody. Because some of you are like, I don't know how to share the gospel. Share your, just start by sharing your testimony. Tell them your story. Every one of you believers in here has a story. And people might be able to argue with your theology or what you, you know, they, they cannot argue with your story. It's your story. Like, this happened. Take it or leave it. I love, the, I love the, the, the blind man who was made to see again. They're like, well, we don't really believe if Jesus is the Messiah. He's like, hey, I don't know about any of that business, but here's what I'll tell you. I once was blind, and now I see. That's all I know. And I'm telling you, friends, there's power in your testimony. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. And I just want to encourage you in this season, just be inviting people to church. Like, there's something special that happens here in church. I think God uses this moment a lot of times to seal the deal in people's life, to bring lost kids home. And so come on, let's just live in it. Let's live in it. We're, just, we're praying for people. We're, we're, we're letting them know we're Christians. We're, we're sharing our testimony. Man, we're just getting people around the things of Jesus, inviting them to church and into our lives where they can hear and be changed by the gospel as we go be somebody to somebody in Jesus' name. You with me, church? Amen? Come on, amen? Let's pray together. God, we pray that you would help us, Lord, as we go out on mission, the mission you've called us to, to be the change in this world, the change that this world so desperately needs. God, we are not going to ignore it. We're not going to run from it. God, we're not going to tuck ourselves away and be so isolated from the world that we have no impact on the world. Instead, God, we are asking you to help build compassion inside our hearts. Help us to see different, starting right now. Nudge us. I pray, God, that by your spirit, you would follow us around all week and just nudge us to see different. God, help us. I pray you'd tap shoulders all week. God, just go, look again, look again. We'd look again at the people you put all around us. God, we're gonna see different. And God, we, would you help us do different? Show us where to go and what to give, how we pay. What do you, where are you calling us? God, we're willing. Because we realize, Lord, it's not, it's not ours to begin with. It's all yours. So we offer our lives to you, God. We pray that you do do miraculous things in our midst. God, as we step out in faith, past the comfort zones that we built around our life, and into faith where you've called us to go with our lives, that people might hear and respond to the gospel and come to know you, Jesus. The gospel, the gospel, the beautiful gospel. But God so loved this world. Friends, you need to know that God loves you so much. He loves you right where you are. He's got an incredible plan for your life and a purpose for your life. I mean, God just wants to have a relationship with you. There's a God in heaven who loves you. But there's this thing called sin. Every single one of us, have, according to Scripture, says we've sinned and gone our own way. And the, the byproduct of that sin is it's severed our relationship with God. It, it's cut off the very thing that we're craving to have is, is walking with God. Your life is built to walk with God and because of our sin, we can't. That's the beauty of the gospel is that, that Jesus steps in 
and takes upon himself at the cross what we deserve for our sin. We don't pay the price for our sins because Jesus pays the price for our sins. He gives us this gift of forgiveness and, and cleansing. You see, the gospel, according to what Jesus has done, washes us and cleanses us and makes a way for us to step back into the relationship with Jesus that we've been craving to have all along. The gospel, the gospel, the beautiful gospel. And there's some of you in here right now, you've never responded to the gospel. I wanna give you an opportunity right now as I close to do just that. To let God touch and change your life forever. So there are some of you in here right now, you've walked away from God and you need to come back to Jesus today. There's others of you here today, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Today, as you do, God is gonna come and forever change your life. I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now to say yes to him. Say yes to his love. Say yes to his gift of forgiveness. So if you need your life changed and your sins forgiven, if you wanna know that you're anchored in heaven, come on, let's have this conversation with God. Here's what you say. Say, Jesus, tell him, Jesus, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I know that you've got more for my life. And so today, I choose to surrender my life to you. I'm not running anymore. I thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross on my behalf and giving your life in my place so that I can live. And I thank you, Jesus, for rising from the grave to lead me to life. Would you fill me with your spirit? Or would you help me to walk with you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church, amen. Can we celebrate with everyone that just prayed that prayer this morning?